Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. to Bet the Edge here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel with Drew Densick. I'm Sarah Perlman with you. And coming up on this Wednesday, PointsBet head trader Jay Croucher is here with us to get into where bettors are wagering on the Ryder Cup and also how the book has set their lines for week three of the NFL season. Dan Beaver is also back with us today as 12 drivers remain in the NASCAR playoffs. We'll get into where he sees value to win the Cup Series right now. And of course, we have Edge of the Day. So we have all that. So much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge card by PointsBet. Drew, good morning. How we doing? Oh, we're doing great. It's Ryder Cup week. Starting to get really excited about this, actually. Honestly, I've been reading a lot of like not just previews for this Ryder Cup, but like stories from Ryder Cups past that I had never heard before. This is going to be a fantastic weekend. And really the way that the stage is set with all of the talent in the world, you know, all the talent in the United States, you know, showing up for this event, but then lacking sort of the team chemistry is going to make it super, super fun to handicap and bet. So I'm, I'm fired up for Ryder Cup. I am as well. As you could tell, if you're watching on our YouTube <laughs> channel, I am here. I got the merch. I'm fitting the part. I feel like I'm one with the golf world now, but it's been really fun and interesting, even just to see these guys warm up in person and just putting. It's been really cool and a real awesome experience. So excited to wager on that as well. But any, before any we tips? get in, any no, tips not for now, us? not now. Okay. I will okay. share them tomorrow as I okay. kind of gauge more of what's happening with the team chemistry, which by the way, I don't think is going to be as big of a deal as we've made it out with Bryson and Brooks this weekend, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. We'll get back to the Ryder cup with Jake Croucher in a second, Drew, but Something I want to talk about here is the NFC West. And we've seen some odds shift after week two. We saw San Francisco. They were plus 210. They're now plus 175 to win the division. The Rams plus 210 are now plus 180. Arizona plus 500 to just plus 475. Those are all the teams now 2-0. and And then Seattle, of course, 1-1 one one after that overtime loss to the Tennessee Titans went from plus 240 to plus 375 they are playing the vikings this week by the way favored by two in week three right now you look at the board if you don't have any futures bets in this division what stands out to you drew well the idea that these aren't equal probability across the board stands out to me because without a my, doubt i updated my power rankings yesterday this is not a bit this is not a joke i have these teams seventh eighth ninth and tenth in my power rankings and the margin between seven and 10 is less than half a point. 
So the idea that we know in any with any degree of certainty that the Niners ought to be the favorite as opposed to Arizona, who not only got two hard fought wins to this point in the season, but, uh, you know, has gotten dynamic play out of Kyler Murray. That's going to be difficult for all these teams to defend. I, I mean, if you made me take a shot, I'm probably taking Arizona just because the price is right. This we could probably revisit this. Uh, every couple of weeks for the rest of the season. And these guys are going to be in a different order and the prices are going to be, you know, reactionary to the results that we see on the field. I still think the market is way too high on Los Angeles. Right now, I have the market way too high on San Francisco as well. Uh, you know, we'll get to them in a bit, but uh, the idea that that offense is going to be able to sustain winning ways uh, the way that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, I find to be a tough sell, even with Kyle Shanahan, the magician, calling the plays. So, yeah, realistically, this uh, either of those two prices, Seattle or Arizona, if you want to grab one and pop it in your pocket and uh, uh, and look for more opportunities to buy low on some of these other teams later, that makes total sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the graphic right now. Arizona, to start the season, uh, really wasn't all that different than what you can get this moment. Uh, and the fact that uh, it hasn't moved, even though they are 2-0, and is uh, surprising, honestly. Right. There's definitely some concerns about each team. But I am with you in the sense that if they're that equal, and I think they are, take a look at the best odds available. And something I think important to look at right now as we head into week three is the fact that Arizona's plus 475. Yes, the longest odds on the board. Yes, this offense is extremely dynamic. Maybe their defense might have some struggles down the stretch. But they're playing Jacksonville. So if you do like them, I'd recommend betting into them now because come after week three, if they cover yet win against Jacksonville, which I think most people would expect them to, where they're favored by seven and a half this week, this will no longer be plus 475, especially because the Rams are now playing Tampa Bay. You have the Niners. I know you'll talk about later in the show with your edge of the day playing Green Bay. So these odds are going to shift dramatically just after one week of play. Very, very salient point. And realistically, the Niners and the Rams are going to be uh, much, much lower likelihood of winning this week. Besides the fact that I like both of them to lose. And uh, yeah, Arizona Cardinals. I mean, if the Car maybe it's yeah. our slight bias that we like both of them to lose in week three, we're like play the others. But seriously, be. they're playing a lot be. more difficult games than facing Jacksonville in week three. Absolutely true. And, and you know, the other kind of important thing to mention about the West, these four teams have super easy schedules all season long. They really, the only losses that you can say, like those look like losses are when they play each other. And uh, so this is, this is going to be, uh, uh, you know, all of these teams are going to be in the playoff mix come, uh, come January. Absolutely. For as it stands right now at points, bet the Rams, the most bet team to win the division at plus 180. Meanwhile, the Cardinals with those odds of plus 475 are their biggest liability. More on that in a second. If you've drafted your fantasy team, make sure to dominate your league by purchasing an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription. Get player projections, rankings, alerts for your players on your roster, so much more. Type in the code Sarah 10 get 10% off any annual subscription. The code Drew10 will also get you 10% off. And of course, the projections can help you get a leg up on the player prop market, which to this point in the season has been the most lucrative way to enjoy betting on the NFL. Yes, it is absolutely the best way, in my opinion, and most lucrative, most importantly, to bet the NFL. Uh, use Sarah 10 or Drew 10 and be sure to get your annual subscription to help you with your bets.
We now welcome in Jay Croucher, head trader at PointsBet, to really break down everything what's happening at their sports book. Jay, thanks for being with us. I know you're at Ryder Cup. I am as well. And let's start with that here because when I look at the lines, Team USA right now is minus 190. Europe plus 190. The draw 12 to 1. Before getting into exactly how you set these lines, where is the money coming in at PointsBet? So a lot of patriotism at PointsBet. More than <laughs> 70% of the handle is on the U.S. despite the U.S.'s recent history in the Ryder Cup. I think people are just looking at the roster comparing to the European roster and, and they want to live and die with the U.S. with that superior talent. You know, the U.S. have probably got nine of the 11 best players uh, in the tournament this week. So uh, that's where the money is coming in. When, when you said patriotism, I was like, well, there's no Australia in the Ryder Cup. This is USA <laughs> versus Europe, Jay. <laughs> but uh, in seriousness, uh, just out of curiosity, to win the Ryder Cup or to lift the cup markets haven't been that active. The, looks like we've settled on a fair price there. However, the um, point top point score markets have been volatile this week. Um, you're getting real-time information in terms of who are out there, you know, who's out there participating in pairings and potential foursomes. It looks like we've settled on the U.S. and expecting we're expecting Shoffley and Cantlay to get a full five uh, potential points. You know, uh, you know, at least uh, they're going to get the chance to score five points. Have you seen that reflected fairly in the market? And do you agree that, uh, you know, that there's still betting value at all in anyone in the point scoring market? Yeah, I think so. I think those markets have now gotten to the point where the price is affirmed um, and they are pretty solid in that, you know, the top point score market, it's not about talent. It's about opportunity. The talent level is so even or relatively even across the players that it's about who has the opportunity to potentially play in all five matches. And so on the US side, we think that that is Justin Thomas. He is the most likely because he went, you know, 4 one and 0 at the last Ryder Cup. He has history. He's coming in, in in decent form. And we expect that he'll pair up with Spieth. And then the Shoffley can't like uh, pairing is probably the most likely after them to, to see the five matches. So that's why you're seeing those guys as the shorts on the board, just because they've got the greatest opportunity. And then on the European side, again, it's just a John Rahm story where he is the anchor for every market that he's in. Uh, and he's the clear favorite on the European side, though we have a bit of action on, on Victor Hovland, who uh, people always like betting on. Real quick, uh, you didn't mention uh, DJ and Morikawa, which sounds like they may be the third group that gets the full exposure on the US side. Do you see any action on that today as that rumor sort of trickling in through the market? Yeah, so DJ's right up there in the mix. I think with Morikawa, there's just some uncertainty around. You know, he had a bad playoffs. He, had, he was a little bit injured. And so I just wonder if he's going to see the full opportunity that the other guys might. But yeah, certainly DJ Morikawa, probably just in that tier down below Justin Thomas. So he sees the clear number one at this point. Yeah, DJ plus 750 in Morikawa, 9-1. to one. All right, Jay, let's talk a little bit about the MLB awards markets because we're starting to see like that, the fact that these markets have really firmed up. I look at the board right now, Robbie Ray minus 200 to win the American League Cy Young and Max Scherzer, who I regret not putting a wager on him at minus 223 after, of course, being traded to the Dodgers this season. What's the action like? Are people now staying away from these markets with these kind of really firmed up over the last week or so? So, yeah, some really interesting races uh, with the AL Cy Young. This is an interesting one just to see you know, how much ERA matters in this award at this point. Because Robbie Ray beats Garrett Cole on that front. But the advanced numbers, they've largely pointed to Garrett Cole. I wonder if Cole's previous start where 
he got blown up by Cleveland and, you know, that may contribute to the Yankees missing a playoff spot, whether that will weigh heavily against him. But at this point, we make Robbie Ray the slight favourite or a reasonable favourite, but there are still two starts left for both of them. So still some room for that to move on the NL side. I think this is now Max Scherzer's award to lose. Like he's got all the momentum, even if his advanced stats don't stack up to to Corbin Burns and, and even Zach Wheeler, who's just nowhere in the discussion because of his ERA, I think that Scherzer, Scherzer would have to blow it. He'd have to get really shelled in one of his last couple of starts to lose the award from here. Real quick about the uh, MVP market before moving off of baseball. Uh, there has been an amazing shift here in the win probability implied for Mr. Bryce Harper, who was north of 100 to 1 around the All-Star break and is now minus 250 at points bet. Uh, is there anything that can stop the Bryce Harper train at this point from taking home the MB MVP in the National League? My view on the NL MVP race at this point is that there really is no race right now. <laughs> Bryce Harper, this is his award. This is his award to lose. You stack him up against Tatis, and I don't think there's really another contender beyond these two. And Harper has Tatis covered on an individual level. He has him beaten in batting average, on base percentage, slugging. If you want to go into the advanced stats, Harper leads 6.4 to 5.9 in war. WRC plus everything Harper has Tatis covered. And then you look at the team element. The Padres were supposed to be a juggernaut. They were supposed to be one of the three best teams in baseball. They're going to lose their division by 20 games. They're going to miss the playoffs. And while Bryce Harper's Phillies, the, outside of Harper, the Phillies are atrocious. They're a horror movie of a team. They're batting Brad Miller fifth. They're heavily dependent on Andrew McCutcheon and Didi Gregorius, both guys who have effectively done. And Harper has carried the Phillies to a better record than the Padres right now which seems absurd. And so I think that the combination of the individual element and the team element means that Tatis is going to have to do something extremely special over the last 10 to 12 games to, to make this a race again. No, you're, not, you're not worried at all about uh, Juan Soto, 30 to 1? I mean, he's got basically the same case as Harper if the Phillies don't make the playoffs. I know, but the, the Washington Nationals, they're just they're so far out of it. They're so far out of sight, out of mind. And even then, Harper still has Soto pretty well covered um, in individual metrics. I know that Soto's on-base percentage is ludicrous, but when you look at OPS, when you look at war and just the power that Harper has, I still think Harper has Soto covered in the team element. You know, that Washington team hasn't played a meaningful game in a long time. So I think that Soto has a case over Tatis, but I don't think he has one over Harper. And then on the other side, just people wondering, right now Otani is minus 2,500 and then Vlad <laughs> plus 750. Otani's untouchable for many reasons. If he wasn't a two-way player, maybe you could make the argument for Vlad and the season he's having. It's been incredible. And it seems like Otani's wrapped up that award, Jay. We move on to college football here where Notre Dame is playing Wisconsin. And I'm seeing some action coming on in Wisconsin because they opened favored by five and a half. They're now favored by six and a half. This game will be played at Soldier Field in Chicago. Notre Dame, it seems like every season is a betting public, public betting favorite team. And it makes sense, right? Golden Domers, a little bias towards them here in this plus six and a half spot. But ultimately, what's the action you're seeing and will there be buyback on the Golden Domers come Saturday? I think so. I think that there will be. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with Jay. I think there will. The idea that uh, Notre Dame comes through so uh, cleanly 
against Purdue as a side that was bet pretty heavily against in the market, uh, I think is a decent side that somebody's going to come back on on them against Wisconsin this weekend. Interesting that Wisconsin is coming off of a bye, obviously, but uh, Notre Dame does finally feel like they're putting some of the pieces together. I guess the biggest mismatch would just be Notre Dame's defense in this one. They're allowing 381 yards of total offense, which is shocking. Meanwhile, Wisconsin's defense just around 194 yards per game. Um, I do think these two teams match up fairly well. I don't have a bet on this. If I had to side, I think I would grab the six and a half with Notre Dame here, Drew. Yeah, I mean, it's being played on a neutral site, so I don't know if people recognize that because they see Notre Dame at Wisconsin and they may be thinking that there should be some home field advantage there, but this is probably going to be a home crowd Notre Dame. I mean, Chicago is kind of a Notre Dame city, right? Yeah, it definitely is. I think there's going to be a ton of even fans and the fact that Notre Dame got confidence coming off of that huge win at home. Um, I think they figure it out. We'll welcome Jay back in fairly quickly. Jay, I know we touched on Notre Dame just a little bit here. Your overall take as we lost you, where the action will come in come Saturday. Yeah, sorry about that. I think that Notre Dame, they will see a bit more activity. Uh, Wisconsin haven't been too inspiring at this point. I think that Graham Mercer's performance in, in week one still uh, looms in the mind. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. So I think that, you know, if the number does get any bigger, certainly we'll see more and more activity on Notre Dame. Very cool. Well, uh, it looks like week three in the NFL is setting up to be a teaser spectacular. Uh, right up my alley. Like, there are like <laughs> six or seven games potentially that are going to fall right in that sweet spot where you can tease across three and seven, both down and up what are your potential teaser liabilities as you head into the weekend and are you guys keeping in a particularly close eye on that or does sort of the teaser action balance out because people do the uh, the minus ev legs too yeah so the te- we don't take teasers into account too much you know when we're pricing lines um we're just trying to make the lines as accurate as possible but there is certainly some some right potential particularly when you look at teams like arizona and Baltimore, but right now our two biggest positions are in one of the later Sunday afternoon games and then the night game with Seattle minus two at Minnesota and then Green Bay plus three and a half at San Francisco. So a couple of road teams. I think the Green Bay San Francisco one, that's the most interesting game of the week. It's not often that you'll see Aaron Rodgers getting more than a field goal in a matchup in prime time where he's the clearly superior quarterback, but I think there's a lot of questions about both of these teams, the Niners, how they'll deal with their injuries, exactly how good that offense is going to be. You know, they probably haven't played too much yet uh, going against Detroit and Philadelphia and Green Bay. I mean, it was only a week ago they lost 38 to 3 to a New Orleans team that just got blown out by Carolina. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty in this match. But at the moment, um, we're needing Kyle Shanahan to, to pull something out of the hat. Hey, Jay, real quickly, before we let you go along with Kyle Shanahan in this one, who are you guys expecting to need come Sunday? You came on last week, talked a little bit, held that number on the Ravens. Ravens ultimately come home, cover, outright win. What are you expecting the biggest need for the book is on Sunday? Yeah, so the nature of being a bookmaker is that you often need teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit <laughs> Lions. So I think those are the two positions that we're going to need. We're going to need Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we're going oh, to need no. Trevor Lawrence to stop playing like the worst quarterback in the NFL and try and put some points up against Arizona and then... And then Jared Goff, who actually did us a solid in, in week one by covering that, that, that plus eight and a half, the plus nine and a half against San Francisco late, that miracle cover. But uh, yeah, those are two teams that, um, for better or worse, we're probably going to need come the weekend. 
you know, I wanted to back the teams you needed, but not those, Jay. I don't back those. <laughs> hey, Jay, you're the best. Be sure to follow Jay on Twitter at PointsBetGhost. He is with us every single week to give us a peek behind the curtain at PointsBet Sportsbook. We'll talk to you soon, Jay. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge. Wherever you're listening, make sure to rate the podcast. Of course, sign up. We're giving you all the actionable information in just about 30 minutes or less every single weekday. The lines move quick. We want to make sure you're gaining an edge with us here. Of course, and especially in this time of week, we are early in the betting market. The, the market is being shaped in the NFL. If you want to pick our brains on who we're backing, by all means, reach out to us on Twitter. Sarah is at Sarah Perlman. I am at whale underscore capper. And while I will not be piling on the liability by betting the Ravens and the Cardinals, I do not think I will be taking the book side and taking the Jaguars and the Lions this week. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's a stay away from me. You can find our next guest, by the way, Dan, on Twitter at Fantasy Race. I'm here to break down the NASCAR playoffs. And right now, Kyle Larson um, is up 59 playoff points. He's now in the round of 12, atop of the leaderboard. Huge cushion above the cut line. And if I look right now, you can get Kyle Larson plus 225 to win the NASCAR championship, which is crazy. Is this still a good bet in your opinion, Dan? Yeah, well, it's definitely a good bet that he's going to make it to the championship four. Once you get to the championship four, you've got to kind of think of who he's going to be up against and who's been best on the short flat tracks. If Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. make it into the the, the final four, then Larson, that's not such a great line because they have so much better uh, responses at, at Phoenix than he does. If somehow Elliott makes it and wins an oval race before then, then I think that impacts Larson's line. And that's a little low. So I think I would look at some of those other guys that are more likely to join him and, and take that instead. Well, that's interesting. Okay, that uh, that's a fun wrinkle and a handicap. And uh, this week, NASCAR heads to beautiful Las Vegas for the South Point 400. Are there any interesting wrinkles or aspects of this race that can help us find an edge in the handicap? Well, it should be fairly standard race. It's a mile and a half track. That's uh, still the bulk of uh, where NASCAR races on the mile and a half and two mile tracks. So there aren't a lot of dark horses, but among the marquee teams, there's a lot of parity. So Larson being the favorite, Kyle Busch being the the second favorite, I think they deserve it. Uh, Larson has the victory from spring. Uh, did I just say Petty? Uh, Kyle Busch is, um, is great on mile and a half tracks as well. But he disappointed us last week at, at Bristol. You don't know what you're going to get with him. It's kind of hit or miss. So those are the two favorites, should be the two favorites. Larson's a lot more predictable than, than Bush is. And with his line, uh, what, a, what the difference a season makes, he was plus 900 in the spring. Now he is uh, he's well down the order. I think he opened at around 240. And now he is at... Uh, 360, so 365, somewhere in there. A big difference there, and and he's earned every he's earned every point. Yeah, I'm looking at Kyle Larson plus 365 for the South Point 400. Then, as you said, Kyle Busch, the next favorite, seven to one. But with all that you're talking about, and of course they're getting ready for this playoffs and beyond. What are some dark horses you like that think could have a good race in Vegas this weekend? I like Ryan Blaney. He's been good. I like Ryan Blaney to get out of this round in the championship round. So he's someone you might want to put a little money there for his uh, outright odds to win the championship. But I also like him at Vegas and in the Charlotte Roval. 
has the best average finish over the next three tracks of all of the drivers. So Blaney is a good, interesting dark horse. For a real extreme dark horse, Matt DiBenedetto. He finished runner-up in both Las Vegas races last year. He slipped to 16th this spring, but he can still be had for plus 160 for a top 10. I think that's uh, worth a couple of units. Ooh, I like that. That's a nice price for a guy that was second twice uh, in recent history. So uh, very, very good look there. And of course, as you mentioned, Blaney, if he can steal this win, would move well up in the standings, currently available at 12 to 1 mm-hmm. uh, to win the uh, the cup overall, which is exciting. So the good, good looks. Yeah, Blaney with six top 10 finishes in his last eight out in Vegas. So all awesome looks. We'll tell you on those. Dan, thanks so much. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And as always, we appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Dan has tons of awesome NASCAR content on NBCSportsEdge.com along with those plays, as we just mentioned. Drew, we wrap up the show on this Wednesday the same way every single weekday. It is Edge of the Day. Tell me where you're going. So we finally got lines up for San Francisco Green Bay. Yeah, Honestly... Like all off season, all preseason, I was like really ready to fire away on San Francisco in this spot. I was like, oh man, I hope we get under a field goal. I'll leave those points. San Francisco is going to maul these guys. Well, nothing that I've seen out of the San Francisco offense to this point in the season suggests in any way, shape or form that they're going to be able to go toe to toe with the dynamic passing attack that Green Bay brings to the table. Uh, absolute nightmare matchup with Devontae Adams going up against a secondary that is missing Verrett and really has a lots of soft spots. There's really, you know, they're going to have, you know, San Francisco is going to have to manifest an absolutely inhuman pass rush and get after Aaron Rodgers early and often in this game to keep them from scoring touchdowns with relative frequency in this spot. We've seen the total get bet up pretty aggressively. I think the point spread is wrong as well. Uh, my fair price here is Green Bay plus two and a half. And the fact that it is now on the other side of three makes this a very, very fun play. Uh, ultimately, come Sunday, I think this closes three. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing at a level that I think is commensurate with being this big of a favorite against Green Bay, you know, in, in particularly in a primetime spot on top of the fact that all of the promise of Trey Lance and what we were going to see and the wrinkles that he brings to the game have not manifest whatsoever. He is not ready for primetime. Uh, so this is uh, um, all of a sudden a very different handicap than I expected preseason. Uh, a lot of people remember San Francisco covering with ease the last couple of times they played Green Bay, most notably the NFC title game two years ago. And this is just a different team. They're not as able to take advantage in the trenches. This isn't going to be a heavy, successful running attack the way I match these two teams up. So I think ultimately Green Bay gets the win. I played them on the money line as well. But for edge of the day, I will go Green Bay plus three and a half calling a little upset alert um but for now three and three and a half i love the three and a half years well i'll take the underdog i was surprised to see this not come down to three yet to your point we'll see how this line moves throughout the week but green bay with that crucial hook i love them in this spot and i would not be surprised to see them win outright i'm taking a similar situation where i would not be surprised to see this team win outright but i'll take the three points right now with the atlanta falcons playing the giants drew didn't love atlanta in weeks one and two um i do like them in this spot i think their matchup against this giants offensive line is going to be way better than we saw versus the Eagles and of course against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if it comes down to offense because I think that's going to weigh heavier if both of these defenses struggling thus far I like the Falcons offense more they did show that they were able 
able to hold their own. And I think they're going to be able to hold their own against this Giants team or this Giants front rather that has allowed just three sacks this far. Matt Ryan, in my opinion, is the better quarterback. I know he threw two pick sixes last week that kind of led to the box score we saw. But Arthur Smith did show me some things more typical Arthur Smith stuff that we saw from Tennessee. Even though you probably wouldn't know this, the Falcons actually outgained the Bucks in week two. I said both defenses are going to struggle if this comes into a more shootout game, which I do think it will. Right now it's at 48 and a half. I trust Matt Ryan. I like his weapons more. I like the coaching better. And for that reason, I'll take the three points and fade Daniel Jones at home in week three. Fantastic. I played the under in this game for a lot of those same reasons. Ultimately, uh, I do like Atlanta as a live dog here. So I completely agree with your take. Also, Daniel Jones, I think he's 4-10 and 10 against the number at home. He's much better on the road and covering that spread. So we'll see how this plays out, but we're both taking dogs. You like Green Bay. I like Atlanta. I like Green Bay as well. We're going to have a ton of more NFL plays tomorrow. That's Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube channel with Drew, myself, and Warren Sharp on Bet the Edge, Blitzing the Board. You do not want to miss that. We'll give out the rest of our plays there. For now, check out NBCSportsEdge.com. So much access to our tools, plays, picks and of course analysis there that you can read into to help you with your wagers throughout the day thanks for watching on our youtube channel if you are listening wherever you get your podcast please subscribe rate the pod good luck with your plays have a great rest of your day and drew and i will see you right back here tomorrow is america's primary system working is the electoral college still the best process for electing a president could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.